Let's turn in our Bibles to the Word of God in Luke chapter 4, verse 18, which is where I'll be taking my text from. And it reads, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised. Amen. I'm so thankful that a Savior came, hallelujah, to save us, to meet the need. I'm so thankful that a Savior came to minister to what affects us the deepest. And I believe this morning that the healer is here today to touch someone in this place. I believe this morning that the healer has come to take some pain away in a broken heart and an aching heart today. The healer is in the house. Amen. Amen. The title of my message this morning, as you see on the board, is Knowing the Need. Jesus, in his debut preaching, if you will, before the synagogue, when he opened up the word of God, he spoke directly to the need. Jesus recognized the need. He said, I've, I've come to preach the gospel to the poor. I've come to bring hope. I've come to bring life. I've come to bring salvation. The gospel is the good news that you and I hear with our ears today. Amen. He also said, he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. He spoke directly to the need. He saw beyond the facade. He saw beyond the, the clothes and the outer shell of who we are. And he looked straight in the heart and he said, I see some breaks there. I see some aches there. I see some pains there. I've come to preach to the need today. He said, I want to preach deliverance to the captives. He saw the chains that were holding some people down. We sang a song just a few minutes ago that talked about the one who's breaking chains. Amen. I hear him call my name. I hear him breaking chains. He's the chain breaker. I believe that God wants to break some chains in this place today. Some chains of depression. Some chains of darkness. Some chains of, of clouds that are hanging over our head. That is holding us down. That keeping us from our potential that we can reach in him today. The chain breakers here. He said the recovering of sight to the blind. Amen. God, I pray that you would open our eyes today. Let us see your power and your glory, God. Open our eyes and our understanding to realize and discover you for who you really are. Someone needs to see the love of Jesus in this house. His love is like no other love. It's not like the love that will let us down or disappoint or fail. It's an unfailing love today. Amen. I'm thankful for that. He said, I'm going to set at liberty the bruised in this house. The healer is here. The liberator is here. Whatever is holding us back today can be gone in an instant. Amen. That thing that's hanging over your head, that thing that is, is keeping you back, he can touch it and heal it. Hallelujah. Because Jesus recognize the need. It's awesome in this scripture how different needs are identified. There was the physical need and there was the spiritual need side by side in the same passage of text because I believe today, church, that the, the physical 
and the spiritual go hand in hand. Amen. God covers it all. God covers every, every aspect of the spectrum. He doesn't leave anything undone in our lives. If we allow him to work, God can take care of it all today. Amen. A physical healing, a spiritual healing can tra transpire in our lives because they go in hand in hand. The spirit feeds into the natural and miracles take place. Amen. The natural, it feeds into the eternal and resonates in eternity. And so God knew the need. Another passage of scripture, John 4, 33 says that the disciples came to Jesus during his ministry. And while they had gone off to, to take care of their, their physical needs and their natural needs, they returned to Jesus. And in John 4, 33, they said to him and to one another, has anyone brought him something to eat? Has anybody brought lunch for Jesus? He's been out here working, ministering one-on-one, -on -one, evangelizing, uh, just blessing this woman here at this well. Has anybody thought about him? And Jesus replied and said to them, my meat is to the, do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. Amen. When we take care of the kingdom of God, God takes care of us. Amen. When we take care of, of what God is trying to do, when we can see beyond the natural into the supernatural and see what God's heartbeat and his desire is, God takes care of everything else. Amen. You don't have to worry about anything in this life when you're in the will of God, when we're in the, the, just the, the way that, and the plan of God that he's leading us into. He takes care of it all. He doesn't leave us hanging. Amen. God's got our back. Look at your friend next to you and just someone say, God's got your back. God's got your back today. He's got you covered today. Amen. Because he has a plan for your life. Hallelujah. I want to look at another example in the word of God today where an individual did not realize the true need that was taking place there. If we'll turn in the book of Luke, spending a lot of time in the book of Luke this morning, but Luke chapter 12 and verse 16, Jesus speaks this parable to his followers and those that were in the audience that day. And he speaks a message of warning for the misidentified need. I believe it's important, church, today that we don't misidentify the need in the world and the hour and the age that we're living in. When the Bible says the ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentifully. And he thought with him himself saying, what shall I do? Because I have no room where to bestow all my fruits, all the, the efforts of my labor, you know, all of this produce, things that I've, I've obtained unto myself. And he said, this will I do. This man had a plan, a master plan, maybe a, a best laid plan, if you will, to use a cliche. And, and, and he had his eye on the wrong need. He identified the wrong need in the situation. And he said, I will pull down my barns and build greater. Amen. The last thing this nation needs right now is more stuff. We don't need bigger houses and, and fancier cars and, and greater goods and, and abundance heaped upon ourselves. That's, that's not what's needed in this world today. 
Amen. And so he misidentified it. And he said, I will say to my soul, soul, thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take your ease, eat, drink, and be merry. Amen. I'm glad everybody's doing well in this place today. I'm glad that everybody has what they need today. But there is something deeper that we can see in God. Amen. There is a, a way that we can look further into the supernatural and, and tap into what God is really wanting to do with this generation. He's wanting to fill more with the Holy Ghost like he did for Chandler. He's wanting to bless more lives spiritually. He wants to bring a healing to this world. This man missed it by a mile when God said in verse 20 to him, thou fool, this night your soul shall be required of thee. Then who shall those things be which thou hast provided? So he that laid up treasure for himself is not rich toward God. And he said unto his disciples, I say to you, take no thought for your life, what you shall eat, neither for the body, what you shall put on. The life is more than meat. And the body more than clothes. Hallelujah. I come to bring a, a message of sobriety to this church today and a little bit of gravity to this church today to say that we're about to enter 2018. Amen. I want to be ready for whatever God has for our future. Whatever God has in store, I want to be looking to him and not anywhere else to see what he will reveal and unfold and unveil in our lives. I'm excited about what God has planned for this church. Amen. In the future. I'm excited for what God has planned for our families in the future. I don't want to miss the boat or miss the mark by any means because I've misidentified what is happening in our lives. Just a couple of months ago, um, I've, I've mentioned this to some of you, and, and most of you may not know this, but just a couple of months ago, I woke up one morning, and I was just feeling terrible and awful. And of course, I'm getting a little bit older, so you all can understand, no snickering or chuckling, please. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But uh, I woke up, and I was just feeling sluggish and awful. I mean, I was feeling tired and just heavy and trying to figure out what was going on with me. Um, there was no uh, certain sign or anything, certain symptom that I could pinpoint and put my finger on and say, that's what's wrong with me, all right? And so I was just feeling terrible and bad, and I decided from that day forward, I said, I'm going to change my diet around. I'm going to mix it up. I'm, I'm going to stop doing what I've been doing. And I'm talking about a long time of just eating whatever I well please, and I don't want to make anybody hungry in this room today. But I will tell you that my favorite McDonald's meal was a cheeseburger. Come on, can I get an amen? amen. A, a, a fish filet. I wanted a fry and a Coke. And on top of that, McDonald's apple pie. That was a good lunch for me. And that happened regularly. Um, pizzas, fried food, fried platters. I mean, the whole nine yards. And one day at the beginning of November, I said, this is no good for me. This is, I, I didn't know what a vegetable was or a fruit. Honestly, I did not, you can ask my wife, I did not touch it. And um, just once I identified part of the issue in my life 
going on, I, I switched, totally switched over to salads. I wouldn't touch a cookie. I wouldn't touch a chip. My favorite. I haven't had a fry. I'm telling you, I'm telling you today, I mean, it was a total life change. And if Justin, there he is right back there. He knows exactly what I'm talking about because he did the exact same thing. I'm with you, brother. We're brothers in salad now. All right. Come on now. And so like bananas became super sweet to me. Like I didn't realize bananas were so sweet until you don't eat any other sweets. Okay. And, and apples was my go-to snack and I love it. I'm feeling a, a lot better, hundred percent better. I've dropped a few pounds, probably 10 to 15 and, and God is good, but I had to put some things away. I just realized there, I couldn't put my finger on it, but I realized there needed to be a change. And so I wanted to take some measures. In the business world, we call this uh, the difference between being proactive and reactive. There are some people in the, in the family of God who are proactive, who say, I'm going to go to prayer whether it's needed or not. There are some people in the, in the kingdom of God who say, I'm going to push back the plate and fast, amen, whether things are going great or not. There are some people who are prepared in advance. The Bible says, be instant in season and out of season. There are those who, who have enough of the Holy Ghost in their lives that they say, no matter what comes my way, I'm going to be ready, hallelujah, to worship Jesus. That's why we, when you see people worshiping in this room who have gone through some things, who have experienced some, some trouble and some turmoil, and, and we're thinking, why aren't they hanging their head right now? Why aren't they downcast? Because they've proactively engaged themselves in the supernatural, allowing God to carry them through. And there are others who react to the trial and the tribulation and any storm or wind that comes their way. It's, it's always reacting and it's always going to God in prayer. God, bail me out. God, bail me out. And thankfully enough, we have a, a prayer answering God and a faithful God that no matter what situation we're in, God is there. Yeah. Hallelujah. And so in the, the business world, when you're proactive, you anticipate the customer's failures on their network or the customer's needs or the customer's situation. So when they come to you saying, I've had a total outage or a total loss, you're not looking there, you know, wide-eyed or, or as one preacher used to say, like a, a, a young buck staring at a new gate. You're just not staring there wondering what to do you've prepared and you've made the necessary investments to, to ready yourself for that instead of reacting. So I want to talk to us in Matthew chapter 25 about a passage of scripture where this truly was the case. Matthew 25 verse 1 says, Then shall the kingdom of heaven be like to ten virgins which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. And five of them were wise, and five were foolish. They that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. They had no reserve. They had no extra. They had nothing else save what they brought with them. But the wise saw ahead, saw down the path, and they took oil in their vessels, and not only with their lamps, but with that vessel beside their lamp as well with that little carrying bag or whatever it was that they would carry with them. And while the bridegroom tarried, 
They all slumbered and slept. And at midnight, there was a cry made. Behold, the bridegroom cometh. Go ye out to meet him. And all of those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps, got rid of that, that kind of black ash that, is, that remains on the top when a lamp burns out. And the foolish said to the wise, give us your oil. They said, we need some for our lamps are gone out. But the wise answered saying, not so, lest there not be enough for us and you. But go to those that sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came. And they that were ready went in with him to the marriage, and the door was shut. And if we look at these numbers here, 5 out of 10, 50%, 1 for every 2. If we were to translate that number today just to, to think it was a real statistic, maybe 1 out of 2 of us would be ready to go with the Lord today. That's a sobering thought, church. That's a thought to sit and ponder because we can't get by with just enough Holy Ghost in our lives. We can't get by with just enough faith in our lives and think that whatever we have right now is going to do. Hear me when I say this and believe me now that whatever we could get by with in the past is different today. Amen. I believe there's more Holy Ghost needed in our lives. I believe that there's more faith that is needed to be built up in our hearts. I believe that there needs to be more worship in our life for Almighty God, Jesus Christ. I believe that there needs to be more talking to Him and spending time with Him. The need today is greater than the need was yesterday. Hallelujah. The Bible talks about so much more as you see the day approaching build up ourselves in our faith this morning. God is giving us an opportunity right now in this message to prepare ourselves and to prepare our hearts for what he has in store. I believe this church. Hallelujah. I believe that God is talking to each and every one of us where somehow in some way we've got to wake up and say something doesn't feel right in my life. Something doesn't feel right in this world. I can't put my finger on it, but something feels different going forward. We've all heard the, the echoes and the rumors and the stories. I've talked to people around me who have said, uh, you know, we're living in scary times. We've all glimpsed the news, and though we don't want to dwell on it, we're all well aware of what's happening on the global stage. Jesus told the disciples in Luke 21, 28, he said, And when these things began to come to pass, then look up and lift up your heads, for your redemption draweth nigh. How many knows our redemption is on its way today? Oh, hallelujah. How many knows that our Savior is on the, on the way today? He won't delay. Hallelujah. He won't wait. He will not linger or tarry. But he has a time an appointment to come, hallelujah, and to rapture his church away. He said in that same passage of scripture, when you began to see earthquake upon earthquake, when you began to see signs and, and wonders in the heaven above, when you began to see armies mount against Jerusalem, know 
that my redemption draweth nigh. Does that echo in someone's ears today? Does that resonate with someone this morning? Does that ring a bell? Amen. That we're closer today than we've ever been before. I want to identify the need in my life, which is to get close to him. Oh, hallelujah. 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 Let's be prayerful this morning, church. I feel his presence in this place. Oh, mighty God. Someone just talk to him right now. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. I haven't come to, to bring fear, but I've come to bring a reminder because God reminds those he loves. Hallelujah. Of what his plans are, of, of that, the fact that it's more than just the physical that we see, but it's the spiritual that's taking place that really matters in this world. We worship you, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let this message translate into action in our lives. Let this message, God, ring an alarm bell in our ears and wake us up and allow us to see what it is you're doing, God. What it is you really want and desire for our lives. What it is you really plan. Hallelujah. To bring to pass. I believe that those that are looking for him will not be surprised or be taken unaware. I believe those that are looking for him will be able to see him and hear him when he arrives. Thank you, Jesus. Things aren't getting easier. I've got to be proactive. Hallelujah. I've got to be ahead in my heart of what God wants to bring to pass. The Bible says in Luke 17, 12, as he entered a certain village, there met him 10 men that were lepers, which stood some way off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said to them, go show yourselves to the priest. And it came to pass that as they went, they were cleaned. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, he turned back. And with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. And Jesus answering said, we're not there ten cleansed. Where are the nine? There are not found that return to give glory to God. Save this one stranger. Hallelujah. God's not just here to, to hand out presents and candy like like a, a, a Christmas gift. God's not just here to, to hand out us. He's got a plan for our lives. And he wants to do something with our destiny, with our future. Could it be today, hallelujah, that we've misidentified what God really wants to do in our life? We're seeking him for needs. God bless me. God answer. God meet. God hear. God respond. And God is waiting on us to position ourselves to say, what are you going to do with the miracle that I have given you? God wants to bring meaning to our miracle church. Think about it today. God wants to give meaning to our miracle. Hallelujah. God wants to give purpose to the blessing that he pours into our life. God wants to give destiny to the answered prayer that he gives. He wants someone to come back and with that answered prayer, worship him and fall on their knees and say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. I love you, Lord. I worship you 
and I magnify you. God isn't handing out gifts for people to run and take and and leave and be lost. But he's saying, I've got more for your life. Christianity isn't just about getting. Hallelujah. It's about discovering. When we identify the need, we can realize our purpose. When we identify what God is doing in this world, we can realize our greater destiny, our greater purpose. And say, God, use me for your glory and your honor. I want to bring worship and praise to you. I want to bring exaltation to your name, God. I want to point others heavenward, God, that they might see your great works and power and glory. Can I get a witness today? Someone put their hands together and just thank him right now in this place. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. God, help me to understand the need today. Help me to understand what's happening today. I want to speak to this church plainly and say Christianity is not just about the do's and don'ts of living for God. Christianity is not a list of of all the things that I can't do. If we're living for God that way, we're living for God the wrong way. Hallelujah. Because tied to the word of God is meaning and purpose. The physical resonates in the spiritual hallelujah the natural echoes through the supernatural and every commitment you make every prayer you lay down every consecration everything that you do every time we push back the plate those things aren't happening just because just to do but those things are making an eternal impact in the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's know and understand today in Matthew 16, 18, he wasn't just giving lip service when he said, I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Whatsoever you bind on earth, it'll be mirrored in heaven. Whatsoever you loose on earth, it'll be reflected in heaven. I want my life for God to be a reflection of what he's doing. Hallelujah and glory. I want my life for God to echo what God is bringing to pass in the eternal today, church. Oh, hallelujah. The great proverb writer said, in all thy getting, get understanding. If we get things compiled to ourselves and don't understand their true meaning and purpose, we've missed it. Another place, Paul said, ever learning, never coming to the knowledge of the truth. It's not enough to know the word of God. I've got to understand how to apply it to everyday life, church. Oh, hallelujah, it's time to identify the need in our life to see what God is really trying to bring to pass. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Speaking of this thought, I have a great testimony. There was a a gentleman and his wife, a family years ago, just out of Bible school that I taught a Bible study to and taught them and and brought my youthfulness and brought my young heart and, and, and basically delivered them the gospel of Jesus Christ. Years ago, almost two decades ago, I want to say, and in all this time, didn't really know what that seed would do. All this time, didn't really know what where that planting would would get to. And just yesterday, I was speaking to my mom on the phone, and that same 
gentleman and his wife came to their church. And he had a, a growth on his eye, a cancerous growth, and was going to chemotherapy and decided in his heart that Sunday, just a couple of Sundays ago, I'm going to get baptized in Jesus' name. And he went down in the waters in the name of Jesus Christ. And this very past week, when he looked in the mirror above his eye, that growth in that tumor was gone completely disappeared nowhere to be seen the doctor even confirmed it and, and tried to to offer some weak explanation but i know who the healer is today hallelujah i know who the healer is today amen maybe your light has been shining and you've planted a seed years ago and would not know when it would come to fruition or take hold plate take place i want to encourage someone today don't give up on that seed planting. Don't give up on that faith. Don't give up on that one who, who seems like years have gone by because God can meet the need in an instant. God can answer that prayer in a heartbeat and turn everything around for his glory and for his honor. Can someone be lifted up today and be encouraged to know, amen, I can still be a witness. Hallelujah. I can still call someone up on the phone. I can still reach out and know that it will not fall void because God is holding that tear and that prayer request in eternity. It making a difference in eternity. What you and I do when pastor calls that fast. When pastor calls that time of consecration, it's not just a time of starvation, but it's a time of making some eternal investments. Hallelujah. I want to acquire some eternal equity to my life. I want to build some spiritual equity in my life. I want to build up some things that will matter in the world to come and in the next life, not in just this life alone. Hallelujah. I'm drawing to a close today, church. But I have this final scripture. When we see people worship around the front and when we see the passion on someone's heart and we wonder, why are they so passionate? Why are they so convicted and, and resolute in the worship of God? There's someone in eternity that can understand that emotion. Luke chapter 16, 28 said, this man was speaking from eternity and he says, I've got five brethren that someone needs to speak to. I've got five brethren that someone needs to testify to them lest they also come to this place of torment. Yes, this is a message about eternity today. No doubt. Abraham said to him, they have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. And he said, but Father Abraham, if one went to them from the dead, surely they would repent. And he said, if they don't hear Moses and the prophets, neither will they be swayed, persuaded, though one rose from the dead. Hallelujah. Think about it this morning, church. God has sent a pastor 
God has sent a preacher. God has sent a minister to our lives to speak some things into our heart. And is saying, hear the spirit cry. Hear the cry of the spirit today. Hear the knocking at the door that says, open up and let me in your heart. Hear the spirit speak. Hallelujah. The one, if we can't hear that, the one were to come from eternity, we would not hear them either. If we could stand in this place. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. I've got a couple more remarks. Norma, if you're recording, that I want to include in this recording and the simple fact that I challenge those that hear this message to find one thing to change in their future, whether it be in the natural or the spiritual, whatever it be, find one thing, not a list of resolutions that we'll discard in a week, but just one thing I can change about my life and my heart today, be it my, my diet, be it my prayer life, whatever it is. And, and when we do that thing and apply that thing, know that we're doing it for the glory of God. Know that we're doing it so I can have more strength to be a witness, a greater worshiper. Hallelujah. I invite this church forward. Will you join me in this front?